Welcome to our class on Chassidus. We're going to be learning this week a beautiful Chassidic discourse in the Rebbe. The name of the Chassidic discourse is called Vayidaber Hashem. Hashem spoke. The Rebbe said this Chassidic discourse in Shabbos Parshas Nasai, which that year was in the ninth day of the month of Sivan, in the year Tafshin Memzayin, 35 years ago. So again, the Chassidic discourse is based on the verse verses actually in this week's Torah portion where the Torah says by Dabber Hashem al Moshe Hashem speaks to Moshe Rabbeinu and he says Dabber al Aaron to speak to Aaron and he tells him this is how Aaron the high priest should bless the Jewish people and there's three verses the first verse starts off with Hashem should bless you Yahweh Hashem should shine his countenance upon you. And the third verse, Yisra Hashem, Panav Eilach Hashem, shall elevate your face to him. And then it finishes off and says, V'samu Eshmi al B'nei Yisrael. I'll place my name upon the Jewish people, V'ani, and I, Hashem, will bless the Jewish people. So this is the commandment where Hashem instructs Moshe Rabbeinu to command Aaron the high priest, to bless the Jewish people with the priestly blessings. So the Rebbe said it's known, the Chassidic discourses from the previous Chabad Rebbeim, in other words, from the Alta Rebbe, the first Chabad Rebbe, the Mittler Rebbe, the second Chabad Rebbe, the Tzemach Tzedek, and the Chabad Rebbeim afterwards, up until the Rebbe says, um, the Rebbe's father-in-law, then Sidorein, who was the leader of the generation. So the, in, these, in the Hasidic discourses of the Chabad Rebbeim, they speak about the general idea of the priestly blessings. In other words, that the priestly blessings have a special quality and it's actually very, very powerful and more powerful than the regular blessings. Because, for example, we make, we make blessings all day long. Baruch Hashem. Those are blessings. But these blessings, the blessings that Hashem instructed Moshe and tell Aaron to bless the Jewish people. So it's brought down in Kabbalah and Siddhis, like the Rebbe says, explained all throughout the Chabad legacy about the power of these blessings. In other words, the question is a simple question. It's called a blessing. So in other words, and, and so it's not called a different name. It's called a blessing. That's the name of it. You should bless. As a matter of fact, even in the, in the, in the, in the, in the blessing before, in the prayer before they bless the Jewish people, so it says clearly, they're going to be blessing the Jewish people. As a matter of fact, part of the blessing is, Hashem should bless you. So seemingly, what's the difference between the priestly blessings and any other blessings? But nevertheless, even though it has the same name as a blessing, but there's something unique and something very, very special about the priestly blessings. What's unique and what's so special about it? What's unique and special is because it's birchas koyanim. It's the blessing from the priests. Now, and this idea that we're saying that these blessings, even though it's a regular blessing in terms of a blessing, but it's the priestly blessings, um, is explained in many places in Chassidus and also in the Chassidic discourses of, of, of Parshish Kairach that what's the power of the priestly blessing is based on a verse that says, Ad Meheira Yadritzvori, that the blessings come very, very quickly. In other words, someone can give you a blessing and you're blessed. But it's stuck. It doesn't come down in reality. 
these blessings, the power of these blessings, they come out, they come down very, very quickly, and there's nothing holding it back. So again, so a regular blessing is a blessing. Sometimes it will come into fruition, some not. But a priestly blessing comes quick, and it happens in reality. Now, what's the reason why a priestly blessing happens, and it happens quickly? Because we all know the Kaihanim, the priest, they have a certain spiritual DNA. In Hebrew, it's called a Zrizimheim. They do things very, very quickly. So Koyanim have a certain energy. They get things done, but they get things done very, very quickly. So because they get things done very quickly, so when they give a blessing, the blessing happens very quickly. That's one, one reason why they're so strong, these blessings. Another reason, why are the priests giving you these blessings? Because Hashem said to give the blessings. So they're actually God's blessings. Like the verse says clearly, Hashem is instructing Aaron and the priest to bless the Jewish people, say these words, these three verses, and then Hashem says, I'm the one giving the blessings. So the Rebbe explains there's two reasons why the blessings of the priest are unique and very powerful and very quick. One is because they're coming from the priest, and the priests do things quickly, see if the blessings come quickly. And the second, and possibly more important, is because ultimately it's not their blessing. They're sharing, they're guiding, they're creating a channel for Hashem's blessing. It's really Hashem's blessing. When you have Hashem's blessing, you know, obviously it comes quick and really, really happens. And like Jehovah says, we see literally in, in Jewish law, the, the Jewish law is, and in a very, very clear and succinct way in, in the code of the Jewish law. And there was an even more specific in the code of the Jewish law of the Alter Rebbe, because we know the, the code of the Jew of the Alter Rebbe has the halachos, the law, and also the reasons of, 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 of the law. And um, it's brought down in Jewish law, and it says like this, when a priest gives a blessing, it's irrelevant if the priest has tremendous qualities or the it's a simple priest. Why? Because again, whose blessing is it? It's not the priest's blessing. If it was the priest's blessings, you want to make sure he's holy and he's godly and he's spiritual and he, all, he has all these tremendous qualities. But he's just the delivery boy. He's delivering Hashem's blessing. So since really the blessing is from Hashem, that's why it doesn't make them as who the priest is. As long as he's a priest. And that's why the blessing comes quickly and it comes down into this world in a, in a, in a, in a real way. And Rebbe says he'd like to add as follows. Even this idea that the blessing comes down, Ad means it comes down very, very quickly. So what do we learn? Why does it come very quickly? Because A, the priests are, are quick, and B, because Hashem is the one giving the blessing. But Rebbe says not only that's the reason, but you can say even a step further, it's also because that is the service of the priests. That is connected with the, 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 the has to do with the service of the priest itself. In other words, what does that mean? And Rebbe gives an example. He says, we know that it says, and one of the priestly blessings is, Yisra Hashem Panavei Lecha. Hashem she elevates his face to you. So it's brought down in Chazal. Chazal teaches as follows. Because, you know, the Torah has commentary. That Hashem says, Am I not going to show favoritism to the Jewish people? But it's why not? You know, see, and the Hashem says very simple. Because it says in the Torah, V'yachalta, you should eat. V'yachalta, you'll be satiated. V'yachalta, you're going to bless Hashem. Now, so what does the verse say? Eat, be satiated, and then you're going to thank Hashem. We all know that when you eat, in order to make the grace after meals, so according to the Torah, you have to be satiated. 
what is, what, how do we, what, when do we make the grace after meals? Even if we ate something the size of an olive. If we ate something the size of an olive, we make the grace. We don't have to because we're not satisfied yet. But let's say we eat the size of an olive. We're not satisfied yet. We still have to do the grace after meals. Why is that? Because we want to thank Hashem. So, <clears throat> so the driver says there, there's two components over here. In other words, on one hand, uh, why is Hashem blessing us? Hashem is blessing us. He just chose to bless us. But also, a second reason is, it's something which is called in Hebrew, Mida Kneged Mida. In other words, when you behave in a certain way, Hashem gives you back the same way. In other words, because we go ahead and bless Hashem, even though we don't have to, therefore Hashem blesses us. So in other words, there's two reasons. Jehovah says, why the blessing comes down very, very quickly, why? One reason is, the blessing is coming from Hashem. Hashem is a blessing. There's no questions asked. It comes quickly. The second reason is because it comes mida connected mida. Because we go ahead and we, we, we thank Hashem. Hashem thanks us. The same thing also because of the service of the of the priest. The way the, the priest serve Hashem. That's why we get the special blessing. In other words, what, what, what is that service of the priest that they do that because of that we get the special blessing? Your explains very simple. What does it say in the Torah? How did the priest bless the Jewish people? This is how you should bless the Jewish people. What does that mean? So when the priest gets up to make the blessing, go into any synagogue. In Israel, they do it every day. In America, we only do it on uh, on holidays. Spider maybe do it every day as well. Also in America, so they get up and they say the same three verses. Yivrechacha, and we say just the three verses it says in the Torah, and we say this is how Hashem said to bless you. The priests don't add anything to it. Why? Because they are delivering the blessing of Hashem. The priests get up, don't add anything to it. Now, normally when you get up to make a speech, you don't stop. A priest gets up to make a blessing, he can share Hashem's blessing, and then he can give his own blessing. No, he doesn't do that. He just shares Hashem's blessing. So, in other words, he's getting up to bless, he says Hashem's blessing, and he stops. He doesn't share his own thoughts and feelings, etc., which is very hard for a lot of people. So because he's just there as a messenger for Hashem, and he practices restraint from adding or sharing anything, anything on his own. So therefore, what happens is we get back midah k'meg midah. So he draws down the blessing of Aniyah of, of Rachim from Hashem up to the point where it comes down very, very quickly. So the Rebbe is saying is, here is as follows. To recap, the priestly blessings, even though it's a blessing, like every other blessing, but it's unique that it's very, very powerful and it comes down very quickly and it's guaranteed to come down. Why is that? So it explains very simple, a few reasons. Reason number one is because the kaihanim are very, very quick. So therefore, they're quick, the blessing comes quick. Number two is, whose blessing are they giving? They're not giving their giving, they're giving Hashem's blessing. So Hashem's blessing comes quick. Number three, the Rebbe says, it's also because of the kaihanim. In other words, in the example that we gave is just like Hashem blesses because we... We bless Hashem, even for a small amount. So, same thing also, when the Kainim get up to make the blessing of Hashem, they don't add anything. They are acting as true emissaries of Hashem. So, therefore, the blessing comes to them very, very quickly and guaranteed issue. Now, so now the Rebbe is going to explain even deeper, and he says like this. What is this? We're talking about this powerful blessing of the priestly blessing. So, what, let's understand what's this powerful blessing. 
So Rebbe says, in order to understand the powerful blessing of the priestly blessings, we have to understand, give an introduction of the difference between blessings and prayer in general. In other words, it's brought down in many places in Chassidus as follows. And Rebbe says, specifically in the, in the mystical teachings of the Rebbe Marash, <coughs> who is known to be called Melchatchila River, and knows the whole world will say, no, you, you, uh, you can't go through the door, so go through the window. He would say, to begin with, go through the window. Go straight to the top. Don't try first the simple route, then go through the tough route. Go to begin with. Go straight for the jugular. Go through. Go, go for the. Go for the. Go for the highest level right away. So he explains as follows: that <clears throat> seemingly, and that's the way the truth is, there's a certain quality in a blessing over prayer. Now we're talking about a regular blessing, not the priestly blessing. First, we're going to learn about regular blessing, prayer, and then we're going to see priestly blessing. There's a certain quality in a regular blessing. What is a blessing? You say to someone, I'm blessing you. God shall bless you. So what does that sound like? It's a command. We're giving a command, I'm blessing you, you should have a great life. It's a command. So that's what a blessing is. What is the component of a prayer? No, I'm praying to you, Hashem, please, Hashem, make it happen. So a blessing is a command. A prayer is a request. So from that perspective, what's more powerful between a command and a request, a command is much more, much more powerful. I'm commanding you should be blessed. Guess what? You'll be blessed. I'm praying you should be blessed. Good things should happen to you. Either will happen or not. On the other hand, there's something which is powerful, more powerful in prayer than a blessing. Because when you give a blessing, you can only get what's in store for you. You say, so I'm going to bless you, um, this should happen to you. If it's not in the cards, it's not going to happen. Even though you're commanding it to happen, if it's not in the cards, it's not going to happen. Because you can only draw down what exists in the source. Why? Because bracha, a blessing, comes from the word of amshacha. You're drawing, thing, you're drawing down. Like the expression in, 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 the, in the Mishnah, it says, If you want to bring like water to, to, uh, to water the, the, the vineyard so you can bend the pipe. If there's nothing in the pipe and there's no pipe, how are you bringing water to it? So bracha means you're drawing it in the right place, but you need something, you need something to draw. In other words, and ever says on a side note, he says, what's interesting is that, so how do we know that bracha means you have to have something in the source? Because it says, a mavrich, it's like and you, you, you bend over, over the trough toward, toward, towards the vineyard. So he says, why did he, why did he use the example of a mavrich, it's like specifically about grapes? So he says, because that's what we find unique. Grapes are associated with the Jewish people. The Jewish people are called a grape. Why? Because we know, for example, in the Torah, it speaks about um, the dreams of the baker and the butler. So it's brought down in Kabbalah. It says when the when the when the when the butler uh, dreamt about, or the or or actually the baker dreamt about the the, the 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 butler about about the grapes. It says he saw in the dream uba geffen and the, and and in the vine there were shloisa um, serigim. There were three branches. So it's brought down in Kabbalah, and it says like this: the geffen, the vine, is referring to the Jewish people. Um, the shloisha referring to the three types of Jewish people, the Koyin Levi Yisrael. And this is in the dream of the baker about, about, about the butler. So you see that according to Kabbalah, Gefen is referring to the Jewish people. And then same thing also, we find the prophet that says, Gefen in Mitzrayim Tesiyah. And he, he plucked us out of Egypt. Who did he pluck out? He plucked out a grape. The grapes he plucked out of Egypt, the Jewish people. So you see the prophet uses the term Gefen when it comes to the Jewish people. 
So no, there's bringing out a side point that we're talking about a, a blessing. A blessing is drawing down, and the example he uses about a grape, and we see because the connection between the grape and the Jewish people, A, because of the dream with the, the vine is actually referring to the Jewish people on a spiritual level, and B, where the prophet says, get them trying to see him. Now, but let's get back to the point. So, so, um, <clears throat> so in a blessing, you can only draw down something that exists. However, when you pray, even though it's a request, but you can say, Yehi Ratzon, should be the will of Hashem. So what does it mean, should will of Hashem, if it's not in store? And the answer is, prayer has the power that you can literally create Yehi Ratzon. We're praying there should be a new will. You can literally create new energy. And you can create energy. So you can say, what do you mean? It's not in store for you. You can draw in energy from a place which is higher than the source of all the blessings. So because you're going so high, you can bring down something that doesn't even exist. Now, so therefore, when, the, when, when, the, when someone prays, and yes, you're requesting from Hashem, you don't know if it's going to happen or not, but the fact is, you can, you, if Hashem answers your prayer, nothing's going to stop it. You can't say, Hashem, because I don't have that blessing, I don't have the blessing for you. In a blessing, you can say, I don't have the blessing for you. But in a prayer, create a new line, create a new channel. Prayer has the power to create new channels of energy. Okay, so let's recap. So what did we just learn? Blessing has the power guaranteed to happen, but you need it in store. In the, store, in the storehouse. Prayer, it's a request, might not happen. But on the other hand, you can, you can create something that doesn't, even, that, that doesn't even have potential. So the Rebbe says, this is the power of the, of the priestly blessings. Because the priestly blessings has both qualities. On one hand, it has a, the power of a blessing. That means it's a command. The priests are commanding, and B has the power of prayer that you can draw in something which doesn't even exist. It doesn't even exist in potential. In other words, the source of the blessing of the priest is just like prayer. You can create a new rotsain, a new will. But on the other hand, it also has the quality that it's a command that it's going to happen. That the, the blessing is going to happen not in a spiritual level. The blessing will happen literally down in this in this physical world, and up to the point where it's translating to the physical world. So it's guaranteed it's going to come for the highest source. We're going to come down in here up to the point that Jehovah says, "Yovarechan." What's the translation? Hashem is going to bless you with money, literally physical money. You're going to have what you need physically, and we know that money is the lowest the, the lowest thing in, the, in this world. It's even lower than the feet of a human being. Like it says in Chazal, based on the verse, which is the part which is under their feet, it's referring to to money. money. Why? Because money literally can put someone on his feet. You have what to eat, you have what to live, you can get a roof over your head, you you can survive. So that's the first component. That the blessing comes down literally to give you material material success, whatever you need. Also, Yishmarecha will protect you from people that will want to, God forbid, hurt you. And literally, the blessing has it has it protect you because the blessing comes down in a place where you need a protection from someone to hurt you. So you see, the powerful blessing is that a it comes from the highest level, and it's guaranteed, and it's going to come down to the lowest level, to material level, and to protect you. And Rebbe says, this is also, we'll understand now, something very, very powerful. Because it's brought down in the Talmud, it says like this, and it's also in, in Jewish law. So what happens, the question they ask is, what happens if you have a whole community of priests? 
So they get up all to, to do the priesthood blessings. Who who they brought blessing? Can you imagine if a minion, or the minion, two minion, or whatever amount of people you have in the synagogue, all priests, the priests get up to bless. Who are they who are they blessing? A, a synagogue with empty chairs? So the Talmud says no. You know who they're blessing? They're blessing the community out in the fields that didn't come to shul. So even though they're not there, even though they're out in the fields doing prayer, but nevertheless the priest blessed them. So that's on a physical level. But now on a spiritual level, what does that mean? That the blessing of the priest go down even to somebody that's spiritually on the level of, of a field. What does that mean he's spiritually on the level of a field? A, a sod is a field, which means a person is so low. And it was like we know, for example, in reference to Esau, Yaakov and Esau, what does it say in the Torah? Esau was in each sada, he was a man of the field. So even someone, a man of the field, a hunter, the blessings go even there. And the uh, so that's on a physical level, on a spiritual level. But as Steph Deeper, the Rebbe says, <clears throat> it's also referring to someone that's even a lower level than that. And like we know, it's, it's brought down and says in reference to gachalim, coals, oyemois. You have coals that are on fire. You see it red, you see it fire. But then you have coals that literally, you can't barely get a spark out of it. And what does that mean? That the fire in the coal is, is, is almost like extinguished. And it's very, very weak. And it's very concealed in, in, in the coal. So in order to get it out, what do you need? You need a big wind to reveal that fire. In other words, so the same thing also, somebody is in the level, of, of, he's in the field. And, he, and, he's, and he means he's, his coal is weak. That means his fire is not burning. His fire is, you don't see the fire. It's concealed. It's almost out, God forbid. In other words, and what does fire represent? When you say the fire, someone's on fire. So it's interesting, it never explains as follows, and something very powerful. When someone's on fire, it's referring to, we know there's four worlds. The highest world is the world of Atsilos. That's where Eitzel is close to Hashem. God is a reality in the world of Atsilos. When someone's on fire, fire is connected to the world of Atsilos. So when we say, Oymimois, that the person of an arm from the field, arm, it's, 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 his fire is out, that means his connection to the world of Atsilos is weak. And on a side note, it says it's known that according to most most opinions, fire that comes down from on high is referring to the world of Atsilos. You know, because there's four elements, fire, <coughs> water, air, um, air and earth. So in other words, fire is corresponding to the world of Atsilos. However, the other three, air, water and fire, those come down more physically to the world. And you know, for sure, water and earth, that's that's on the uh, earth is on the on the on, 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 uh, on the earth. It's low. Water is also on the ground. But even wind doesn't doesn't totally go up on high. And matter of fact, according to many opinions, Rebbe says um, in, in, uh, that that ear is made up from um, uh, <coughs> is, um, is made up from earth and water. So you see that that earth water. Um, and wind is all lower elements versus ash is a higher element connected to the world of Silas. Now, so this person, Am, which means his, his fire is low, which is concealed. <clears throat> so what happens is the priestly blessings have the power to reach somebody that is ash. His Atsilas connection is weak. What is the Atsilas connection in every single human being? That is every single person 
we know has an neshama soul, and we know it says an neshama shenasata be the soul that you gave me. We say it in the prayers to hiri at the barosat the yitzarta right at the nafakdabi. So the highest level is to hiri. So in the soul that the higher level is connected to the world of silas. And the person's called. Why are we called? What are we called? We're called an Adam. Why are we called an Adam? A human being. Adam comes from the word about Dhamma. We're compared to Hashem on high. So who are we? We are. We have a Neshama. The highest level of Neshama is Tahira. Adam has a Dhamma level. So we're connected to the world of Atsilas. So basically, what is the blessing of Yivarechacha? What is the blessing of the priest? That this blessing should come down to the lowest levels. Uh, to, to the level with it where the flame of Atzilus are fires out, up to the point to be the Atam Hashem Rebekirbi. Hashem should watch um, within us. He should give us back our fire. Hashem should watch us. That even somebody, God forbid, that the coal is, so to speak, uh, not 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 burning. What happens is they should be revealed. What should be revealed that the the the, the part of Atzilus should be revealed in the human being. Now. So we see again, just to recap, what Rebbe is saying so far is that the powerful blessings of the priest, A, guaranteed issue, and B, it comes quick and it goes down to the lowest level and, and to every single person, whatever level you're at. Now, now Rebbe is going to say something and, and, uh, as follows. This that we're saying, that the priestly blessings that come down from the highest level to the lowest level without anything holding it back, so that's a general idea which we find, you know, in, in blessings. But the fact, that's the general idea. But the fact is we know that the Torah is the general component of the Torah. And then there's the details of the Torah. Like, for example, there is an example where it says in the beginning of Parshish Bahar. So it says, uh, God spoke to Moshe in Bahar Sinai, Mount Sinai, and he tells them the laws of Shemitah. So the question is, all the laws come from Har Sinai. Why is the Torah, when it comes to Shemitah, the laws of the sabbatical year tells us it was given in Mount Sinai. And the answers, the commentaries tell us, to teach us. Just like Shemitah, we have all the general laws and the details. And that was given in Har Sinai. So in other words, therefore it's teaching us that all the laws in the Torah, all the general laws and all the details, everything comes from Har Sinai. So when you have a teaching about the, the priestly blessing, it's coming, so to speak, from from, uh, from the highest place. It's guaranteed to come down and, and, and goes to the lowest places. That's a general idea, but there's also details of it. Like we see that in reference to other parts of the Torah. And Deborah explains, interesting is, according, uh, he explains this according to Chassidus, um, according to Kabbalah, so to speak, in reference to this question, what, that what's the connection between Shemitah, the sabbatical year, and Har Sinai, which is when we receive the Torah. And he explains like this, what's the question? What is Shemitah? Shemitah means that you work the land for six years, and the sec- seventh year is called Shabbos Hashem, which means you're dedicating the seventh year in honor of Hashem. Because we would work, we have another year of produce, but we're dedicating it to Hashem. It's called Shabbos Hashem. What happened when, the, when Hashem created the world? He created the world in six days, and he rested on the seventh. So, we, so we, why do we rest every single week on Shabbos? In honor of Hashem. So we see that Shemitah, which was dedicated, the whole year is dedicated Shabbos, the Shabbos Hashem, the sabbatical year of Hashem, is connected to the creation of the world, which Shabbos is dedicated to Hashem. So since Shemitah is connected to what? The creation of the world. So if that's the case, why are we talking about the Shemitah law was given in Harasina, which is connected to the idea of Torah? In other words, so 
Why is that? And so the Rebbe, so they explain in coin, so it's very simple. Since really Shemitah is connected to the creation of the world, where it's dedicated to Shabbos Hashem, and it was put together with the Harsina, which is more about Torah, what, what is the Torah trying to teach us? That the purpose of Torah, the purpose of Harsina is to affect in this world. Not that Hashem gave us a Torah, we should be living somewhere in the boondocks and not being in reality. No, the purpose of the whole Bahar Sinai is Shemitah. We should bring godliness into the world. We work the land for six years and then we rest in the seventh. The same thing also, we work for six days of the week and we rest in the seventh. So Torah and the world is not a contradiction. They actually complement each other. Back to the point. So what we learn, the main point of Har Shemitah, is that the, the general ideas and the, and the details is all, is, is all part of the Torah. Torah has everything. General laws and details. And um, to take it a step further, I've explained, and he says like this. We have the whole huge Torah. 613 commandments. But we all know we have the Ten Commandments. So we have the whole Torah, 613 commandments, we also have the Ten Commandments. So Rashi says that the whole Torah... The whole Torah, five books of Moses, and all 613 commandments are included in the Ten Commandments. And it's brought down, Rashi says in the name of the Rasag, and he says a step further, and it was like this. If you count up the Ten Commandments, so in you count up the letters that make up the Ten Commandments, not the words, the letters, you have exactly 620 letters. So the Ten Commandments are made up of 620 letters. Now, what's the connection between 620 letters and the Ten Commandments? So we know the 613 Commandments, and there are seven commandments that we're obligated to from Rabbinic Commandments. So if you take the 613 Commandments, which are biblical, the seven Rabbinic, you have you have um, 620, which is connected to the six to the 620 letters in the Ten Commandments. So you see clearly you have the, 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 general, the general idea, the way the whole Torah is included, so to speak, in the Ten Commandments. But then even step further we know that the whole Torah not only is it included in the Ten Commandments, but it's also included specifically in the first two commandments. What's the first? I am, Hashem, I am God, your God. You shouldn't have any other gods. And we know that is the essence of the whole Torah. What's the essence of the whole Torah? On the positive side, Hashem is our God. On the negative side, don't have any other gods. That's the whole Torah. And if you follow that, it's easy to do all the commandments and not transgress. If you stay focused on those two. Even deeper, the Rebbe says, let's, let's just recap. What the Rebbe is saying, all the whole Torah is included where? In the Ten Commandments. And also it's included in the, all the mitzvahs are included in the 620 letters in the Ten Commandments. Now they're saying it's included in the first two commandments. Now that we're going to go a step further and a step deeper, that the whole Torah is included in the first utterance of Hashem. Anoichi Hashem. I am God, you God. That's the essence of the Torah. I am God, you God. Then everything is easy. You follow. A step deeper, Jeremiah says, not only is it included in the first commandment, Anoichi Hashem Alakacha, it's actually included in the first word, Anoichi. Why? And, and like Chazal teach us, Anoichi stands for, you take the letter Anoichi, it's made up of four letters. Aleph, Nun, Chaf, Yud. And these four letters stand for Ano, Nafshi, Ksobis, Yehobis. In the first word of the Ten Commandments, Hashem saying, I, my soul, have written, and that's what I've given to you. Through literally that first word, you have the whole Torah. We're going to go a step further. 
Rebbe says. Not only is it in the first word, but it's actually in the first letter. What's the first letter of the Ten Commandments? Aleph. And that's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the beginning of the word. And we know that the beginning of the word has a powerful teaching according to Kabbalah. And especially the way, the way, the way it's, we, we learned in Chassidus as follows. It's something very, very beautiful. Everything like this. What's the first letter? The Aleph. Of Anoichi, it's an Aleph. Now, if you look at an Aleph, the structure of an Aleph, how's the Aleph structured? You have a dot on top, a dot on the bottom, and you have a diagonal line across. Now, if you take a, a, a dot on top and dot on the bottom, so dot is really like a yud. So it's like a yud on top, a yud on the bottom, and like above a cross. Yud, numerically, is how much? Ten. You have a yud on top and a yud on the bottom, and you already have twenty. The above a cross is six. So you have numerically, within the aleph, you have a numerical value of twenty-six. Twenty-six is the numerical value of the infinite name of Hashem, yud Kevavke. The infinite name of Hashem is Yud, with a He, and a Bav and a He. Yud is 10, He is 5, Bav is 6, and He is 5. So Hashem's name is 26. The Aleph is also 26. So you see, literally, in the first Aleph of the Ten Commandments, you have God's name in there. We're going to go first step further. Look at the top of the Aleph. There's the kites, the little dot on top of the Aleph. And in there, you have the whole Torah. And from here, the Rebbe says, so uh, uh, it comes down, so in detail, more, more specific, so the, the the word, the first the first letter, Aleph, on bottom of it, you have a vowel. What's the vowel? You have the, uh, the, you have the, you have the kamats, ah, uh, because otherwise it's Aleph, how do you pronounce it? So, so, uh, so it, it, you put a vowel, a vowel underneath it. And Rebbe said, it's, like it's explained at, at length, the previous Rebbe explains it, all the different details of every single vowel, and afterwards it comes down not only in the vowels, but you also have the notes. Every single, in the Torah, if you read the Torah, there's vowels and there's notes. And then you, then you also have the, 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 the oral part of the Torah. Up to the point that every single one that can sit, every person can sit and learn and come up with an idea that he saw in the Torah, etc., but and then it goes back all to the Ten Commandments, like it says in, in Talmud Yerushalmi, based in the verse in reference to the Ten Commandments, "Mizeh It's written from here and here. In other words, what does that mean? That everything means that everything comes from the Ten Commandments that were that were carved on 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 the tablets. What's the point you're trying to bring out? That you see that the whole Torah, all the Ten Commandments, they go back to the Ten Commandments, the first two commandments, the first commandment, the first word, the first letter, the top of the letter, the vowels, the notes, etc. And then it branches back out to teach us all the details. So in Torah you have points, details, back to it's always going back to the point. But the point I was trying to bring out is <coughs> just like we have the general idea of the priestly blessings, where it's a general blessing. That means it's guaranteed issue, and it's going to come down. It's going to come down to the lowest level. So that's a general idea, but you have it also in the details as well. And like the Rebbe says, it's explained in the Hasidic discourses in reference to Rosh Hashanah and around the Rosh Hashanah time that um, also the whole creation of the world goes from the general to the detail. What does that mean, general to the detail? So we know that 
that in the sphero, it's the highest sphero, is Kesser. In the Kesser itself, the highest part of Kesser is this Atik and Arich, higher part is Atik, which is corresponding to Tainug. So the way it flows, it flows from Kesser, which is Tainug, and from there it comes down to the lowest level. And interesting, is Rebbe says that what's the connection? Also, we're bringing in Rosh Hashanah here. He says very simple because Rosh Hashanah is connected to Shavuos. Why? The way we, the time we receive the Torah. Because the fact is, on Rosh Hashanah we know we blow the shofar. Why do we blow the shofar? One of the reasons is to remind us of the shofar that Hashem blew by Matan Torah. Like it says in in our prayers on Rosh Hashanah, over coil shofar Hashem blew the sound of the shofar on, 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 on by, by Matan Torah. So you see, there's a connection between Shavuos. And Rosh Hashanah. Now, so back to the point. So yeah, the this this point of the details of the priestly blessings also it's not just telling us like this general rules, this details, but it also has to apply to we serve Hashem because it's all about self transformation. And like Joseph like to explain at length in Shar Hayichud, which is a powerful, powerful teaching and book from the from the middle of Rebbe, the second Chabad Rebbe. That it's not enough to have a general meditation. When you meditate, you can meditate in general. That's great. But it's not enough to have general meditation. But you have to meditate specific. And the same thing also, it's brought down another classic civic discourse called a terrace roish. That it's not enough to have the general kavanot when you do a mitzvah, but you need to have the specific kavanot. This is a general kavanot. You're serving Hashem. You're doing the will of Hashem. But every mitzvah has its detail. So if that's the case, the question is, what is the details of the priestly blessings? So explains this. It was a long introduction to, to show us that the general idea, the details based on the Ten Commandments, etc. So now what's the details? Rebbe explains like this. <clears throat> the details of the priestly blessings, there's, 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 two, there's two ideas, in other words. Just like when it comes to the Ten Commandments, you have the Ten Commandments as in general, giving you the Ten Commandments. And from the Ten Commandments, you have afterwards the 613 Commandments. And then you have the seven biblical commandments, which is the details of the Ten Commandments. And then you have all the different specific mitzvahs, etc. So I said the same thing also when it comes to the priestly blessings. Besides the fact of the details and the details of the, of the details of every single blessing and there's different words and so on and so forth, but there's a general idea of all these details. What is that? That's the general idea of these three blessings. So now that I was going to explain, after this long introduction, what is the details of the priestly blessings? So brings, based on a powerful teaching, a beautiful teaching actually, from the Kli Yaka, which is a commentary in the Chomish, and he says like this, that the three blessings of the priestly blessings, Yivarechecha, Yair, Yisa, with all the details in the middle, is, is, is um, <clears throat> connected, the Kli Yaka says, based on what it says in the Medrash, that there's three levels in the love that Hashem has for the Jewish people. There are three levels of the love that Hashem has for the Jewish people based on the verse in the prophets. And he says like this, he did not stop loving the Jewish people until he called the Jewish people my daughter. He didn't stop, then he didn't stop loving with just from the daughter. He went on until he called the Jewish people my sister. And he didn't stop calling the Jewish, loving the Jewish people until he called her my mother. So there's three levels of love for the Jewish people from Hashem. One is, an expression of a, a love from a parent to a daughter, a, 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 a sibling love, and a, a love to a mother. In other words, well, what does that mean practically? So the Kliyakar says like this. That's what the Medrash says. The Kliyakar explains as follows. 
the level of the love that Hashem had for the Jewish people on the first level of beating my daughter, that's when Hashem took us out of Egypt. The holiday of Pesach. And we know that the holiday of Pesach corresponds to which one of the patriarchs? Abraham. And we know by Abraham, Hashem says, Hashem blessed Abram Bakoil with everything. And there's a lot of commentaries, what does Bakol mean? One of the one of the commentaries say, what does it mean he blessed him with everything? He blessed him with a daughter. So again, so you see that Biti is connected to the holiday of Pesach, which which is connected to the idea of what? Um, uh, which is connected to Avram, and Avram, what, what, how is he blessed? He was blessed with a boss. So you see that daughter is connected to the idea of Pesach. The level of Achaisi, which is my sister, that corresponds to the holiday of Shavuot, the holiday of Matan Torah. And the, the, the third level, the level of Imi, my mother. So we know in Kabbalah, um, Chachma and Bina, Chachma is considered Av, the father of the emotions, and Bina is the mother of the emotions. So Imi is referring to which sphere? It's referring to the sphere of Bina. Now, Bina is, is connected to which, which spiritual service? The spiritual service of tshuva repentance. So Imi is connected to Bina, and, and the Bina is connected to tshuva, and um, um, tshuva is connected to which month? The seventh month. The month of Tishrei, that's the month we do tshuva. Like, like um, it's brought down in, in, in Chazal, based on the verse, in, in, King, uh, in King Solomon says, Torah The crown that his mother, again, mother, you see mother um, uh, made him. So when, when she made him a crown, the day of his marriage. Which marriage? So we know that Hashem gave us the Torah on, on Shavuos. But when did we receive the second commandments? We received it on, on Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is also called, called like a Matan Torah for the second commandments. So she made in the crown. Who made the crown? Imoy, mother. The mother made the crown when the day of his marriage to Yom Kippur. When is that? In the month of Tishrei. So you see again, Imoy, the mother is connected to the month of Tishrei, because that's when we received what the second set of commandments. Now, so that's when we received it. But when was when? It, so we know that Tishrei, Yav Roshana, Yom Kippur, Sesame Shuba. When is everything revealed in Tishrei? Everything gets revealed when on the holiday of Sukkot. And that's why it's called Manzchav Seinu. The holiday Sukkot, because everything's revealed, that's a time for joy and happiness. What, what's the connection between revelation and Simcha? Because the fact is, what is Simcha? Simcha breaks all the boundaries, all the secrets. Or everything you're holding out, boom, comes out. When? When you're happy. Someone that's happy that's, is open. Someone that's open is happy. And as you re- reveal everything, someone that's happy reveals everything. And that's why Sukkot is also called Chag HaAsif, the holiday that you gather in. Why? Because you, you gathering in all the services, the service of Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, it all gets gathered in. Why is that? Because what happens is the tshuva that you did, Rosh Hashanah, the 10 days of tshuva, Yom Kippur, when does that get revealed? It gets all revealed on, on, on Sukkot. Everything is open on, on Chag HaSukkot. Why is that? Because when it comes to a doing a mitzvah, any mitzvah, even a physical mitzvah, the fact is, even though on a certain level, when you do a mitzvah, is there a difference between person A doing a mitzvah and person B doing a mitzvah? Is a mitzvah. You did the mitzvah. But even though from the technical point, there's no difference. In other words, for example, putting on tefillin. Ten people put on tefillin. Is there a difference? Everyone's wearing tefillin. So from that perspective, everyone's wearing tefillin. But the fact is, there's a difference how you put on the tefillin. Whether you meditate beforehand, you prepare yourself, and when you put on tefillin, you only have holy thoughts. So even though technically everyone's wearing the same pair of tefillin, but there's a difference how you put on the tefillin. 
However, this one mitzvah, which is unique to everybody, everyone's the same, that is the mitzvah of tshuva. Why? Because when someone says, I'm returning to Hashem, oh my gosh, I messed up, I'm returning to Hashem, that's equal to everybody. There's no, returning, there's no returning, return more or less, you returned. If you returned, you returned. When someone does tshuva, you returned. So therefore, you know, there's, there, when someone said, I did, I'm returning to Hashem, and the second person, and 10 people returned, they all returned. You don't return, you return. There's one return. So therefore, since <coughs> tshuva everyone, is, is all equal to everybody, and when does it all get revealed in the holiday of, of, of Sukkot? So, so therefore, it's called Chag Asad. You gather in everyone together, because it's not like this one's on this level, this one's on that level. Everyone comes in the race at the same time. Tshuva is, we're all returning. We're all returning together. And that's why it's Chag Asif. Everyone comes back together. And therefore, because everyone comes back together, and it's all revealed, that's why the simcha, the joy of sukkahs, is even more powerful and even more greater. Now, the Rebbe says, one second. What are you saying? Sukkahs is manzcha vasenos, right? And that's what we say in the prayers. But the fact is, there's an opinion in, in the uh, in the Rishonim, the early commentaries, commentators, that the truth is that all the holidays is a holiday of Simcha, like it says in the Torah clearly. So really, all the holidays should have been manzcha But the fact is, that's that was the, the thought initially. But the end is, what's the ruling? That no, the only holiday that's called manzcha vasenos as a title, this is the theme of the holidays, only Sukkahs. Why? Because if you look in the Torah, it's the only holiday that says three times to be happy. And the, the happiness of Sukkot is so huge that from Sukkot you draw in happiness into the other holidays. Shavuos, Pesach, where over there it only says Simcha once. But all the other holidays says once. So you draw in from Sukkot into the other ones. Now, in reference, bring it back full circle. So in reference to these three levels of the way Hashem loves us, as Biti, a daughter, a Chosi, a sister, and a Imi, a mother, those are the three blessings of Yerachacha, Ya'er, and Yisa, up until we come to the end where it says, the Yasim Shalom, Hashem should give us peace. And, and, and peace comes from completion. And we know that the fact is, and we looked this through many, many Hasidic discourses, that when it comes to peace, that's the most important thing that there is out there. I'll say it in Hebrew, Shalom, Shakal, Keneged, Hakal. When it comes to peace, that trumps everything. Peace is key. And that's why a person should be willing to do anything for the sake of peace, because peace is key. So, <clears throat> again, just to recap, so the Rebbe say, what the Rebbe is saying is that you see the idea of the three blessings in general. It comes from the highest to the lowest guaranteed. But you see the details of it, it goes through the whole year. It's connected, the three blessings connected to all the three holidays, and specifically the holiday of Sukkah, in, in reference to Sukkah, where it's, it's Simcha, and that brings a Simcha, what, for the whole year. You ever finish over and he says like this, it should be the will of Hashem, that all the blessings of the priest should come down to each and every one of us, and in the way of the Chathchila River, it should happen just automatic, over the top, and it should happen, we should all receive the blessings over the top, and it should happen very quickly. And especially, the says, that we heard today from the Chazan. When he prayed, he said, Hashem, our God, the God of our fathers, bless us. And and um, <clears throat> and everyone answered, Amen. Yes, we're saying, Amen, we should get those blessings. And we know the fact, as Rebbe says, when someone gives you a blessing, and you say, Amen, when someone makes a blessing, and you say, Amen, 
So the one saying the blessing actually is more powerful than the one actually saying the blessing. And especially, the says, as we're standing here um, right before the holiday of Shavuos. Um, <clears throat> no, we're standing close to the holiday of Shavuos. Which is this pan? This this was given right afterwards, and we and and in the holiday shows we had the priestly blessings through the priests themselves, and especially this discourse with Derek said the Shabbos after Shavuos that what happens on the Shabbos after all the energy of Shavuos gets elevated up to the point of Nasayas Reish we elevate the head and we should have Derek said we should have the idea of a Yasim Lachashalom we should have all the blessings of peace. So that we should have the, the completion of peace when Mashiach comes. Like the Rambam writes in his book, the end of his book, that for then it's going to be fulfilled the, the verse that says in the prophets, Vigar Zavin Kevis, that the wolf will lie with the lamb. It's ultimate peace. There's not going to be any war. And, um, in, in, in the whole world, there's not going to be any war. And how much more so by the Jewish people, there's not going to be any war. There's not going to be any more fighting, no conflicts. There's going to be one, one full level of peace. And what's going to happen is the new Torah, New is going to be totally revealed when Mashiach comes. Like it says at the end of our parsha, in reference to the the the, uh, the giving over the, the Torah to Moshe Rabbeinu, up until we're going to reach the level of Aloyskas Aneiros, we're going to light the candelabra, which we read. You know, after parsha, we read we read the on uh, uh, Shabbos afternoon in the time of Rivin the Rivim, the highest level of Shabbos. Um, uh, what, so, which is we're going to light the candle, and like it says, in the, it says, in, it says in the verse, "Ani erelchem neiris b'tzion." Hashem is going to show us the candles of Zion, up into the point it's going to happen. Meheirat yoritz devari. It's going to happen very, very quickly, and it's going to happen. But meheirat yameinu mamash, literally, very quickly in our days, in a literal way, up into the point that you're able to feel, you can feel the redemption, and that's the ultimate purpose. Of bringing it down here, that down here we should feel the redemption. Like it says, based on the work of our hands, we're going to see the tremendous blessings. And like it's explained at length in the Hasidic discourses, and also in the in the in the in the in the, in the, in the discourse where it says that. Um, uh, also, in, in the revealed discourses, that it says clearly in the Talmud that Hakadosh Baruch Hu Hashem, He's praying and waiting, and what He loves the most is the prayers of righteous people, and it's going to happen, God willing, with the coming of Mashiach, and like we know when it comes, it's going to happen, not even like the blink of an eye. And when the Mashiach is going to is going to come, not even like a blink of an eye. It's going to happen, but like the Rebbe finished off and says, "Bimheira biyamenu mamash," very very quickly in our days, in a literal level. So as you see, this is another beautiful, beautiful, powerful Hasidic discourse about the blessings from the priest. The priest had the power, the power to give us blessings that are guaranteed issue. And even if it's not, it's not meant for us, they can pull down new blessings and it's going to come down to the lowest level. And like Deborah says, hopefully with Hashem's help, we're going to, we're going to, we're all, we're all going to receive these powerful blessings and we'll all have the ultimate, the greatest blessing at the end, the blessing of peace. And there's no greater blessing like peace. And when peace comes, the ultimate peace where we're going to all be together in Yishalayim, Ir HaKodesh. Have a great and blessed week. And let's hope our next class will be in Yerushalayim, Ir HaKodesh. Have a great and blessed week. Shavua Tov.